1: Hey, welcome in. I think it's a good time to get started, shall we? Thank you for joining us today. Kurt Gerald's in for James. You know what? It's funny. James does not look like a dude that is going for a week-long vacation down in the Florida Keys. Alas, he is... Kurt is in. Kurt has, this is not his first rodeo around here. Kurt's done this before. So we are all good. We are loaded with conversation for you. So wherever you are, whatever you're doing, just kind of sit back. If you feel the need to phone, we'll give you the number. We'll give you reasons why. And we'll have a lots of conversation today. I'm going to say this. And from what I saw, I mostly listened to, to the game last night and everybody's kind of up my rear end i can't believe you don't pay this amount of money it's not very much for peacock and blah. listen you guys it may be a little bit about it but it is about the principle it is about the pain and the ass that it is to have to deal with it and if you're somebody you guys do not consider so understand this you're dealing with somebody you're dealing with somebody that doesn't have a very big brain. Like, I don't have the smarts real good. So, I, I mean, I have a ceiling of passwords and such that I can keep track of or things just go foobar. And I just, I'm resilient in the fact I don't need anything else. I know the problem is I do. But I had somebody say, well, you know, it's not very much money. I can't believe. And I get the old man yelling at clouds stuff. Uh, Yeah, I'm an old man. I don't yell at clouds. I'm actually a very fun dude to be around. (laughs) I think it's from Dennis Middleton. The old man yelling at clouds. No, I'm not an old man yelling at clouds. I I will say this, and I feel pretty comfortable in, in telling you this. I'm like the coolest dude you'll be around. And we will hang forever. Unless you're a jackass, and then we won't hang at all. But it's just my principle. I think it stinks. It had nothing to do. Like, people kind of, IU fans will go, well, it's just IU, and, and feel like you're taking a personal shot at IU. I'm not. I sat there last night, and for the most part, other than watching a little bit here or there, highlight-wise, that I saw, I listened to Don and Eric and John. And that's okay. I listen to that all the time because, as you know, we're not screwing around with TV. We're in radio here. Our content for you is free. We give you what you want every day for nine hours, Monday through Friday right here. And at various times on the weekend, we give it to you for free. You don't have to jack with anything. Nothing at all. And even when there is a time when you do or maybe you have to jack with something, I fight for you. I try to make sure that everybody is in this club. And that's how I felt, and that's how it was. But again, there was nothing wrong with listening to Don. and there's nothing wrong with seeing what I saw of the game. I know that it was it was a slop fest on both sides of the basketball. And I know that a lot of people today are saying, "Well, this IU team's not any good, and the, hey, listen, who cares? Who cares what they say? You get a road win in the Big Ten. You do not have to apologize for that. And I would say the same thing about anybody. I would say the same thing about Indiana State. If we thought they were going up against, for example, a lesser opponent, or if it would be an ugly game, I would tell you the same thing. And I've said the same thing about the Colts. Yeah, you play bad, you win. Who cares as long as you win? Same thing about the Pacers. Yeah, you don't play so well, but you beat Milwaukee coming up tomorrow afternoon after you hijack about 90 minutes of my show. Hopefully that's the case. You do that, there's no problem. Yeah, there is no question that Mike Woodson and company, they have a lot of work to do. And we'll see if they can get that done when they play better teams, when they play better teams. And Bloomington are better teams on the road. Uh, But I kind of got out of it last night. And, And, again, in terms of watching highlights and listening to Don Fisher's interpretation of it, it sounded like most of the time it was discombobulated. But you know what? IU went to Ann Arbor. They closed with a couple of made free throws. And then a defensive play with a couple of seconds left. I, I don't know about anybody else. I I was thinking, man, Michigan's got to uh, purposely miss a free throw here because you just didn't have enough time to get that thing where you want to get it down the floor, you know, if you're playing that free throw game that late. I thought that that was a play. And I know – like we say that all the time. Yeah, just miss one. These guys are good at missing. Go up and get it yourself or whatever. And that's that's easier said than done. But I didn't think that, that Michigan, Jawan Howard and Phil Martelli, I didn't think that they had much more of a choice on that last night. And that was the direction that they went. But no, seriously, I don't care about the turnovers. I don't care really how it looks. All right, you're not painting a masterpiece. You know, one of these days you hope to, and you hope to get better. You hope to grow. And whether or not that's going to be with Xavier Johnson or at times without Xavier Johnson doesn't matter. But, again, you go 2-0 and in your first Big Ten games, one at home and one on the road, and you don't have to apologize to anybody for that. Nobody. And when you look at, at Purdue, you know that they wish that they had that Friday night game against Northwestern back. And as they did on Monday night, they put the absolute hammer down against the Iowa Hawkeyes. And now it's hard. It is difficult. Illinois, you guys watched Illinois and FAU last night in the uh, Jimmy V Classic from Madison Square Garden? I didn't think Dusty's crew provided much resistance whatsoever with a couple of 30-point scores. One was a dude from Southern Illinois that I remember watching. (laughs) Go, wait a minute. This guy, this guy's scoring on everybody on Dusty's team right now. Domask, Marcus Domask. And I know the first time that I ever heard his name when he was at Southern Illinois, I say, what are they saying? Dumbass or Domask? Domask. Domask is what they're saying. That's what it is. But, man, he could not miss last night. But that's what I'm talking about. I mean, you take bits and pieces away and you make your team better. And if you're playing well this time of year, the coach is always trying to find something to yell about, to complain about, to gripe about if you're winning games so you don't become complacent. And if you are playing bad, you're always trying to hope you can squeeze by, get wins, and then you can figure all that out in a practice setting. And then have that come out on the other end once you play in a game. So, yeah, don't sweat it. Don't sweat it. Yeah, I know a lot of IU fans are going, well, what are you doing? you got to play better. I can't believe how bad they looked. I I can believe it. I absolutely can believe it. But you're going to get no argument from me because you've won two and your first two in the Big Ten, and then you'll move forward from that. So if you guys want to talk about it, we can certainly do it. Hey, come on, Boomer, get with the streaming times. A new convert, and it's not bad. Boomer. Am I a boomer? What <laughs> the A boomer. A boomer was like a baby boomer. I'm not a baby boomer. I'm Generation X. We'll whip you. Generation X whips you. No, nah, but it is principle. I will say this, Rex. You are accurate. This is going to be, and I'll say this a little bit later on, I'm sure, to Josh Schurz, and I've said this about NIL, and I've said this about the transfer portal. It is a pool that everybody is swimming in by these rules right now. So you better jump in and start swimming, and that means everybody. And Rex, you're right about this. This is a pool in which we're all going to have to be swimming in, So to get the programming that you want or to be left out, then ultimately that's what you're going to have to do. So I I do understand that. At some point, kicking and screaming, I will have to join. I'll have to join ranks with you, a new convert. Last night, simply put, did not feel like the night. There's no way in the world I could bypass IU and Purdue, which is coming up later on the year on Peacock. There's no way I could bypass that. So at some point, I'm going to have to jump in. It just wasn't going to be last night. Thank you very much. So we can talk about IU if you want to from last night. I did get to listen uh, to both Fish and uh, Eric Sir. Don will join us coming up on Friday show. And John Herrick doing the pre and the halftime and the post game show stuff. So it was good. I love me some radio. And always remember that we here in radio, we give you that product, that content, what you're looking for, we give it to you. And we do it for free. Don't have to worry about that stuff with us, and you won't again today. From the morning show, Kevin Bowen joins us coming up at the bottom of the hour. That is the morning wake-up call with KB and Andy. Cam's going to join us. We'll talk about that, talk about the Colts. I mentioned going back on Tuesday, which was yesterday, after that Monday nighter, that I I was wanting Jacksonville to win, whereas the whole Colts world – Seems to think that the Colts could ultimately track down Jacksonville within the AFC South. I'm not so much worried about that, considering they played Jacksonville twice and lost both games. What I wanted to see was Cincinnati put to bed. I wanted them to have a fork in them. Unfortunately, on Monday night, they got rebirthed. They got rebooted. Resparked, energized, and that's exactly as a Colts fan what you don't want to hear. I was talking to somebody from the Colts right before I came on, and I it would have been so much better had Jacksonville won that game. I don't want to see any inspiration surrounding this Bengals offense with Jake Browning. You're going to say, "Well, it's Jake Browning, and it's one game," but it is. I don't even think this is an argument. The most talented wide receiving group. That the Colts will see all year, and it is not like their secondary is built to last in that capacity. So I wanted to see I wanted to see Cincinnati coming off a loss and a little doom and gloom. A no hope scenario. But now you come off that road win at Jacksonville and you're going to get a little inspiration out of that. That is going to be an incredibly tough matchup coming up on Sunday. Everybody thought, and I would be among them, that they were absolutely done when Jake Browning came in. But now he's putting up numbers, and he certainly has the wide receivers. He has a feature running back that can do that. And we have witnessed a couple of different times. I mean, even with the simple fact that you look – I'll give you a great example. Darryl Baker Jr. benched earlier this season. Went through a lot – and I'm sure probably had to bail from social media because all that was being written and said about him via social media. But you have to admire the way, especially in the last four, that he has responded. But again, in Cincinnati, in Cincinnati, this is different. See, Nick says Cincinnati's put to bed already. Not in their minds. Not in that. You watch this AFC. Who the hell knows what's going to happen? Who the hell knows what is going to happen? Nah, you don't want any inspiration. You want them as an absolute, and you didn't get them as an absolute on Monday night. Believe me, one of these days, you guys are going to come over to my train of thought here, and that's probably going to be on Sunday. You don't want any gathered inspiration out of a group that you would hope would be done by now. Yeah. Is far from over here. I mean, it's far from over as far as the Colts are concerned. Because, listen, I've said this before. Other teams view the Colts in a similar fashion in which we view other teams on the schedule remaining. They go, yeah, you know what? If we're talking about easy marks in the schedule, that's it. That's exactly what they say about the call. Well, there's there's a winnable game. And I know they're 7-5, and five, and I know Shane Steichen's getting conversation about coach of the year. All that is fine. All that is normalcy this time of year. And believe me, they have well shot past any of my expectations. But you're not getting fat and sassy out of it here because they're just as likely to float one in the bowl as they are to go down I-74 and take a win. So, you wanted to make sure that they had zero inspiration. And you want to get as close to leaving no doubt as possible. And they got a little bit on Monday night, you would have to suggest. We'll talk about that with Kevin Bowen, as I mentioned, coming up at the bottom of the hour. Hey, Kurt, so we got Eddie Gill coming up in the 4 o'clock hour, correct? Live from Vegas. You got the Pacers, you got the Bucks. Remember tomorrow afternoon uh, comes your way at 4:30. So you're going to get me from AJ's. AJ's up off of Fall Creek. There is evidently and I remember it because I think once upon a time I had to hard target that because I was playing a road game and there is a Kroger up there. There is a Kroger up there where I had to infiltrate the bathroom, the employees bathroom. <laughs> so it was a road game. So I know AJ's is up in that vicinity. 70-something in Fall Creek. That is tomorrow at Larceny Bourbon Locks and Luna's Will Tequila Shots. Brent Halverson, our betting analyst, he's going to be with us. But remember, we have to bail tomorrow at 4.30. So 4.30 for the pregame coverage with Mark and Eddie and Pat Boylan, and then they'll be underway at 5. You got last night, if you watched Milwaukee, who beat New York who now is going to be the competition of the Pacers in the semifinals of this first ever in-season tournament of the NBA. Uh, Milwaukee looks pretty darn legit. <laughs> they do. Remember last time out when the Pacers won, there was no Damian Lillard, and that has a profound effect. And then Giannis just, you guys see Giannis when, he, I think he got a steal under his own basket and then basically pushed it ahead, took one dribble, and that one dunked. Yeah, I I would suggest that that is probably a travel in some form or fashion. But even looking at it in the way that it was, and you can try to count the steps, you can say it was a travel or it wasn't if you saw the highlights of that. But I mean, even still, it is incredibly impressive. And last time out, last time out, you got incredible dominance from Giannis. That's exactly what I would expect again. And if you're the Pacers, you got to find ways. And as I mentioned, coming off that Monday nighter and that that game against the Celtics now, and you should you have a level of expectations. I give you a great example, like um, Nick just said. You know, Cincinnati's already put to bed, and you got people feeling good about the Colts and their position right now. And with that comes expectations. So now you have expectations that maybe midseason, start of the season, you didn't think you were going to have about this Colts team. And now it's 7-5 and five, and, you know, where they are in the playoff picture. You know, now it's 7-5, and five, you're thinking, all right, we have expectations. And I had expectations going in this season for the Pacers. And those expectations, well, I was disappointed in four games they had had at home, but excited about what, they showed against boston because boston arguably is the best team in the nba and the pacers the pacers deed up against as good a couple of players on the same team as you're going to find as good a tandem with brown and tatum as you're going to find and they deed up in a fashion in which we have not seen them so that has resparked re-emphasized my expectations for this team. So I here's the other thing, too. Did you guys see his name is Nick Fridell? and I know I'm going to go down this path where I'm going to seem like a whiny baby, and then this guy can send me yelling at Clouds guy or whatever. Uh, Nick Fridell, who writes for the NBA for ESPN, I believe that it is, had asked the question last night, and we always kind of take that as a slight for those of us to follow the Pacers, and I know Pacers fans do, of, hey, who is going to watch a matchup with the Bucks and the Pacers? And even beyond that, who in the world is going to go? Who is going to go in Vegas? And my response was, you know what you should have done? You should have maybe held it in the higher seeds home court. And I know that that would be the Bucs in this case. But you have watched this, right? Have you watched all of these games, all these semifinals? And I know that there was a little bit of hype going on in Sacramento after that Pacer went on Monday night. But there has been nothing, and I mean nothing even in the neighborhood, of how that arena at Cambridge Fieldhouse and that Pacers crowd was on Monday night. That's exactly what the NBA is looking for. And my question yesterday with Jeremiah Johnson of Pacers TV was – is this going to be a sterile environment? Because I also thought, as it should with home court advantage, that there was a little inspiration behind that in to what you saw with the Pacers and their play and ultimately beating the Celtics. Because the fans in the, you fans were incredible on Monday night. That had a feeling unlike we have felt regarding the Pacers in a long damn time. So, how. How difficult might it be? And I know you got Vegas and slot machines and blackjack tables, you know, and whatever happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. You got guys slapping their thighs on the street, handing you porno mags. You got all that. Porno flyers. You got all that going on. But are you going to waltz into an incredibly sterile environment on a game that I believe tips local time in Vegas around 2 o'clock coming up tomorrow, and how much of an adjustment. Like, the Bucks last night, it was like a normal Bucks game. It was like a normal game on a Tuesday night. I think I felt the same way about the Lakers and the Suns last night. Good game, but, yeah, it was just like your average Tuesday night game at what used to be known as the Staples Center. And while Sacramento had a little bit more hype, I mean, nothing was to the level of what we witnessed at Gainbridge Fieldhouse. And I thought that that had a lot to do. And again, I mentioned the inspiration, but a lot to do with what the Pacers ended up doing for themselves. And it just does make you wonder what the environment is going to be like coming up tomorrow afternoon. Now, Nick Fridell placed it in the category, it was more of a slight at the Pacers and the Bucks because of the market size. Now you hope, you know, they're hoping that New York's in there, hoping that LA's in there, so somebody's going to watch. I mean, when really what you should do is say, Hey, the market, the environment that has been the most off the hook so far was that on a Monday night at Indianapolis. And you know what? It's not close. We'll see if that has a profound effect on the Pacers coming up tomorrow afternoon. Yeah, A.J.'s on the northeast side, a Larsity Bourbon Locks and Luna Azul tequila shots. That is a Thursday, and remember, we bail at 430. We'll watch the game there. We'll hang out a little bit, too, so you guys can join us again. A.J.'s northeast side, as Kurt mentions, my corner of the world. See you there. I want to see everybody there, and the the, uh, free samples will be flowing as usual. It'll be a hell of a good time. promise you that. Uh, Eddie Gill is going to join us from Vegas, uh, both the uh, Pacer TV and Pacer Radio Networks. No Pacers TV. You are going to get Reggie Miller, though. There is a a melting pot, evidently, of ESPN and TNT talent, so you are going to get Reggie Miller as a part of the call on ESPN and that initial game, and that should be fun. That should be fun. But obviously, we'll have it for you right here. And Eddie Gill will be a part of that with Mark Boyle. Eddie joins us coming up in the 4 o'clock hour. And seven in a row from my Sycamores. Indiana State on the road at Northern Illinois last night. I think at one point early on, they got down nine. A very resilient group. And you've got a lot of transfers. Ryan Conwell from Pike High School. It was kind of interesting, too. We really won't probably get into it that much. We will at a later date. But Isaiah Swope, who is a good, really good guard for Indiana State, started his collegiate career coming out of Castle High School at Southern Indiana. In fact, Southern Indiana, who's next up on the Sycamore schedule, beat them a year ago. And Isaiah Swope wanted to see if he could be a part of a team that is eligible to play in the tournament or any tournament for that matter. So he got into the transfer portal. He ends up at Indiana State. Ryan was in the transfer portal in South Florida. He ends up at Indiana State. And then you combine that with sophomore, and they got a big man in six foot 10, and he comes in a disguise. And Robbie Avila, he comes in a disguise at six foot 10, but he is a savvy. He is a sweet shooting, sweet passing. He is a good big man. We'll talk about all that. Josh Schertz, the head coach of Indiana State, has got something going on over there right now. We'll talk to Josh about that and a lot more coming up here in the 5 o'clock hour. All right, 239-1070 is the number. Do I have a call screen here today? No call screen yet? Are you just going to put it up on a big sheet of paper? Right? (laughs) Boom. If you want me to. (laughs) You might have to do that. Just throw paper airplanes with who's calling. That'll be cool right there. So we're at a new studio. If you're watching via YouTube Live right now, you can see me over there. Actually, I think I look pretty decent. There's no problem in the way I look. So we're at a new studio right now. i got to thank all the engineers and the people around here, Todd, and and all the engineers because they started immediately after I signed off last night at 6. They started and they basically tore down the studio on 6 and then moved it down here to where we are on 4 uh, downtown on the circle, and they did a heck of a job of that. And I know that they're working their rear ends off, and uh, thanks to everybody for that. If you know me, man, uh, those that work with you, especially those engineers, they keep you, uh, keep you connected and such, uh, they're a big deal to me. And uh, thank you to all of our engineers for making that transition, and that's where we are today on Level 4. As if that matters to you, but you can see it is a different background, backdrop behind me right now. But still, Inside the Lounge via YouTube Live, I will jump in there with you coming up in just a minute. All right, Kurt's in for James. Busy show, a lot to talk about. If you want to get back to IU and my initial thoughts on the Hoosiers win in Ann Arbor last night, we can do that as well. Butler a win, and that was an ugly win. And an ugly win at Hinkle. But you know what? Even uglier if you lose at home to Buffalo. So no harm, no foul, and you go to work and practice. There have been a lot of nice things said about Thad's teams here recently. He gets to go in there and say, hey, you know what? Maybe you don't believe the hype so much. So there are pointed instances where maybe you have a sloppy game and it's for the good, the betterment of the team, and that team's growth. All right, 239-1070 is that number. The email address is jmv 1075 thefancom Inside the lounge via YouTube Live, you can watch, listen, and participate. HD radio sounds fantastic. If you have the means in your car, truck, or van, do so because it sounds great. The stream, the app, thank you very much for being a part. And 93.5 and 1075 The Fan. Kevin Bowen joins us next. Hey, welcome back. Thank you for joining us. Kurt is in today. For James, thank you, Kurt, for being here. Tomorrow, AJ's have to show. Lush City Bourbon Locks, Luna's Old the Shots, Week 14, AJ's on the northeast side. Hey, come up and enjoy it, too. We'll roll out the samples. Maybe have a couple of Bloody Marys up there together if you guys want to make it. I would love to see you. Bud Light Blue Fridays, Friday at Coach's Tavern downtown. So, uh, hope to see you there. As well, Steelers-Colts tickets to give away. That's some Colts news today that is certainly not great. I don't know the effect and uh, (laughs) how big it is going to be, but certainly is a story. We'll dive into that right now. Kevin Bowen, the morning show. That is the morning wake-up call with KB and Andy, weekday morning, 7 until 10 a.m. Kevin's joining us now. Al-Kadeen Muhammad got popped today, huh?
2: Yeah. Six games. Yeah. I don't know if there's something going through the defensive line room or what. Um, I honestly forgot he was on the Colts job. They, I mean, all, drink the, they all drink it out.
1: They all drinking out of the same water bottle or something over there. What's happening? Well,
2: uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, Grover did have him all over for those kitchen sink wings back during the hard knocks years. But, um, <laughs> uh, you know, I, I honestly see Alconee Muhammad in the locker room like once every three weeks. And I'm like, yeah. Oh yeah, he is on the practice <laughs> squad. I, I, <laughs> How about the same thing, yeah. That he's here. You know, he started every game for this team two years ago. Uh, he started all 17 games and was actually kind of a somewhat important guy for the defensive line room for a couple of years. But, yeah, I was in Chicago last year with Iberflus, and then I uh, was been on the practice squad all year. I think he joined the team just before camp or right in camp. So, yeah, six games, performance-enhancing drugs. That'll bleed into next year if they don't make the playoffs.
1: It's uh, Kevin Bowen, and that's Al-Kadeem Muhammad, by the way. The news coming in in the last 20 or so minutes. I want to stay here with the Colts when we get into basketball with you coming up in just a minute. But um, I thought I wanted Jacksonville to win on Monday night because I think tracking down Jacksonville, even with their injury situation at quarterback, is a lost cause right now given they played twice and lost twice. I just didn't want to see an inspired Bengals team coming up on Sunday, and now now that's what you're going to get. And, I'm, and Browning looked good, and you combine that with, obviously, the best wide receiving group this team has seen this season being the Colts. I don't like that combination. I wanted to see the Bengals be droopy and not have a great deal of hope coming out of Monday and evidently going into Sunday. They kind of feel like they have some.
2: Yeah, I think I agree with you wholeheartedly there, John. I mean, not only did they create hope, they created hope for their most important position, and that's quarterback. Um, You know, it's not like they won some game, whatever, 10-6 to and had to overcome Jake Browning. Uh, They won because of him. I mean, it's it's insane, really, the numbers he put up Monday. And, and, you know, I think a lot of people can look at the box score and see 350 and, you know, whatever he was, 85%, and that obviously speaks for itself. But if you look deeper at it as well, you know, oftentimes think this with backup quarterbacks, young QBs, et cetera, you know, what you want to do is you want to blitz them, um, see how they react to that. And then, you know, in all likelihood, if they are going to find success as throwers, it's just going to dink and dunk their way, you know, down the field. And if you watch the first quarter last night, that, that's or uh, Monday night, that's kind of what they did as Browning. And then all of a sudden, once that second quarter came and he had hit it, I think he did his first 10 in a row, uh, boy, everything changed. Um, I think he was eight of thirteen for like one fifty against the blitz, was not sacked. I mean thirteen attempts against the blitz wasn't sacked once, eight of thirteen. Uh and then on throws of over ten yards, he was eight of nine for like one eighty. So I mean this is not dink and dunk after that first quarter. Obviously hit Jamar Chase on a couple of big ones and just made some huge throws late uh to get them you know in overtime and then, you know, to uh to win it there. In OT, so um, just sets up a huge one. I mean, they're super dynamic. It's probably the best skill group you'll face all year long. Agreed. Uh, uh, I think wideout wise, certainly. I think Joe Mixon uh, runs, you know, incredibly hard and is really a dynamic player as well. So, yeah, it's gonna be a great challenge. I know Mother Nature looks a little ugly for this weekend. We'll see if that impacts it at all, but. Uh, Yeah, this is going to be a big challenge.
1: Yeah, no doubt. Seven and five right now are the Colts, and uh, still firmly as of right now in the playoff picture and in the AFC. And that could change, again, depending upon that schedule. But you look at that schedule and you feel good about that. How good do you feel about consistently getting enough out of this offense, because it was fantastic. There's Alec Pierce making some big plays. I had Michael Pittman Jr. on yesterday, the game winner. You know, obviously he has been consistent for Gardner Minshew. Is Gardner Minshew going to be that consistent quarterback here that is necessary for them to carry this team into the postseason given the schedule they have in front of them?
2: Yeah. You know, if you've watched Min- him for six or seven games, you would say that that Alec Pierce involvement, is not going to be super consistent. I mean, if you could guarantee it, then I, I'd probably change my answer. But never really been Minshew's M.O. Um, and, again, I think a lot of things have to fall into place for you to hit those deep balls, particularly when it's not, you know, Anthony Richardson from a you know, arm strength standpoint and you're not just going to fling it down the field a little bit more. You know, Minshew's much more methodical when he is taking those chances. So uh, that's probably one that I can't say with a lot of confidence it's going to happen. But, again, if you can just, you know, Sunday to me is just a reminder of no matter who's playing quarterback or how the game's going, you just have to take, I think, three or four shots to pierce every game. Um, You know, obviously you probably aren't going to hit them, you know, super, super consistent. But, you know, we see it every week in the NFL. Hell, at at one point it was Carson Wentz's best play as a Colt, you know, throw the deep ball and underthrow it and you'll get a penalty. I mean, defensive backs, they panic all the time. In those moments, they lose the ball. Uh, You know, Pierce has shown clearly an ability to beat coverage. Um, And I thought, you know, just doing that on a consistent basis, showing the defense, hey, no matter what, even if our guy, you know, whatever, isn't some, you know, huge velocity, deep ball thrower, we're going to take chances. It sends a message and they have to account for that. And that's a big, big deal, I think. So if you can do that, I do think it can open up some other things. But Again, you know, moxie from Minshew in overtime, well, 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 that was great. And obviously a huge reason why the Colts won that game. Uh, there was a lot in those first 60 minutes that I just can't overlook. Yeah, and that's
1: what concerns me. With And Kevin Bowen joins us about a secondary. And, I, and I'm with you. I know you've said some good things about Daryl Baker Jr. because he was buried by basically everybody, including his team, early this season when he was benched. And he's responded, well, he's responded really exactly how you'd want a player on your team to respond, but in that secondary with him in that group, this is a, a test, and to see Browning get his feet beneath him and start making plays in the fashion in which he did in Jacksonville, that to me is overly concerning. How how concerned are you about that secondary being able to match up with this group of receivers that Cincinnati has even without Joe Burrow being the pass thrower that's going to get them to football
2: yeah it's, it's a huge storyline I mean just an absolutely huge one for Sunday and honestly I know obviously he's not playing cornerback but um, I think the return of Grover Stewart is so big because now you feel like okay um, maybe you have the makeup with your defensive line and your linebackers to kind of take care of Mixon in that run game I also thought Chase Brown the other running back they used on Monday was pretty good the kid from Illinois uh, but maybe you don't throw, you know, Julian Blackman or Rodney Thomas or Nick Cross into the box uh, to try and help out that run game because you need to commit as many guys, I think, in coverage in the secondary uh, as need be because it's not just Jamar Chase. And, you know, certainly you need multiple bodies accounting for Chase. But, I mean, T. Higgins and Tyler Boyd made some huge, huge plays. And, I mean, if you look at the cold schedule, it's DeAndre Hopkins and a bunch of, you know, kind of misfits at, in the Tennessee wideout group. Um, You know, when you look at Tampa, they found some some success against you with some depth at wideout. Certainly the Saints did that if you go back a month ago. And then I think Jacksonville in both matchups did that as well. Well, Cincinnati has got all of that and more. I mean, you know, Christian Kirk and Calvin Ridley, they aren't Jamar Chase either. So um, that to me is just a huge, huge storyline for this weekend. And it's the depth being tested at corner. Um, like you said, Daryl Baker Jr. and Jalen Jones, uh, you know, how much are those guys playing? Um, you know, is Juju Brents going to be available? You know, I think I believe he didn't participate today in the walkthrough. Obviously Thursday. Practice is going to be, you know, huge for him. Um, so that'll be a big one to uh, to keep an eye on.
1: So Kevin Bowen, morning show is the morning wake-up call with KB and Andy. And Kevin's on the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline with us. I'll get to the Pacers tomorrow in that semifinal in Vegas in just a minute. What'd you make of value? Were you dialed in? You have Peacock because you're a Notre Dame guy, right? So you probably already had it, right?
3: Correct. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Did you have to go through this fiasco of it?
1: Oh no, I'm not participating in fiascos. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I I watched highlights um, because there are plenty they're worthy social media wise you can find you can pretty much keep up with everything highlight wise via social media and I listened to Don and Eric and John last night There you go. now, now there I'll, I'll have to find other means I'm going to have to get with the program at some point because I'm not going to miss a second of IU and Purdue but last night was kind yeah. of my crossing my arms old crusty fart saying no not tonight but at some point I'm going to have to get with the program
2: well, uh, they turned the ball over a million times early on. They did. Their defense was pretty good early, and that kind of kept them in it. And then I thought, I mean, it, boy, to me, I don't think there's any debate. I mean, Cleo Lair has been the best thing about Indiana all season long. I mean, it's to me, it's been pretty impressive. Watched them, and I don't know, maybe I had a negative vibe on them coming from Oregon, and that, well, it's a motor issue, and, you know, it's an Oregon team that doesn't even make the NIT, and he, or maybe they did make the NIT, but they, they were bad, and, you know, barely could even get on the floor for them. Um, and boy, he is just so skilled and both ends of the floor. And, you know, for those that did watch, I mean, late last night, it was you know, a huge pass out of a double team, um, for a Galloway, you know, layup. And then it was a big block on the other end. And then he had come that, you know, Kareem sky hook, if you will, uh, to take the lead there. He was outstanding. And then CJ gun was really, really important in their bench in general. I mean, the bench was pretty balanced, uh, but certainly, DJ Gunn on both ends gave them big minutes, and they need that right now because Galloway can't throw it in the ocean. Um, I thought he played pretty poor. You know, I think Mike Woodson, frankly, has just put too much on Galloway's plate and expecting him to or needing him to play whatever 35 minutes a night as your starting two guard for Indiana. Um, to me, he's a fine player, but that, uh, you just needed to do more in the offseason at guard to help him out and obviously without Xavier Johnson, you, you, you need more from him as well, so they weathered the storm, um, and I know Michigan and Maryland are not great teams, but still, two and zero in the Big Ten yep. is two and zero, and they needed to do that. And now I think they need one on Saturday. I, I think you need something on the road or away from home, I should say, in that non-conference resume. I don't think Louisville is obviously going to be that. So if you can get one over Auburn, not that Auburn's great, but it'll be something. Uh, and then maybe play with a little bit of house money against Kansas a week from Saturday. Yeah,
1: you, know, you mentioned Trey uh, and i i expect more from him i expect more than what they're getting and i i do think it's essential maybe it's foolish with that expectation consistently for him but but i do and i, I think that you need more than what he's going to have to offer and, and what you can have would be three and twelves like last night i i just i expect more i think everybody should expect more from him maybe it's foolish but that's how i feel
2: yeah, I just you know he, he never was a shooter in high school, and uh, you know it's not like he was this you know highly top one hundred kid. I, I I don't think you ever looked at him and thought in year three of a Mike Woodson team that's recruited at the level of Mike Woodson that that Woodson has that he should be a guy score. I mean, you're they don't guard too, him though, what?
1: Kev. They don't guard. I mean, a, an unguarded three make to at least be consistent with that because nobody checks him. They don't pay attention to him. Outside of three, and to have not developed that is concerning for me. Right. I mean, somebody at that level. I
2: I just never saw him show signs of it in high school and and just never really thought that he would turn into anything of a lead guard. And that's what you're asking him to be. I mean, you're asking him to be, again, a starting two guard. And sure, I mean, twelve. what is he now, 12 straight misses, something like that, from from three. Obviously, you expect a higher bar than that. But to me, that screen – and they tried to, I guess. I mean, they tried to go after that uh, Dalton um, Connect who transferred to Tennessee Tennessee. and what was the the Harvard kid. I mean, they obviously tried in the portal to get some guard wing help and just kind of struck out, really. And I don't know, maybe Hood Schofino, it was thought he'd be two years. Um, But still, uh, I I just think there's – I know he shot it great in the summer and there was all this intrigue about it. But still, I think at this point in his career, you kind of know what he is and he can drive and he can – you know, make some smart plays, and he can be a nice rotational piece, but just starting two-guard at Indiana, eh, I don't know about that. All
1: right, Pacers, Milwaukee, you get Damian Lillard this time. There's no way that's not going to be a completely sterile environment in Vegas tomorrow afternoon, is there? Isn't that a concern of yours with what they got energy-wise on Monday and what they're not going to get in that fashion tomorrow?
2: You know, it's funny you say that. I was – um my wife's cousin lives in Vegas. Um, Die hard Pacers fans, by league pass. They've got three young kids. Uh, sent us a video on Monday night of them celebrating the win over the Celtics because they could go to the game coming up uh, tomorrow afternoon. So I texted her a little bit earlier today. I was like, all right, how much were tickets? And she's like, oh man. Um, lower level in. The I, I think it was like you know top row of the lower level for less than a hundred bucks. I mean, I mean that to me is extremely low for you know what you would consider some sort of marquee game. Um, and again, it's two o'clock out there tomorrow local time. So um, that uh, yeah, I am I'm, I'm very curious to see what the environment's going to be. Yep. Uh, obviously, T-Mobile from a you know uh, size standpoint is huge. I mean it's an eighteen thousand. Seat Arena. I think the Knights play there. Obviously, some UFC action as well. Um, yeah, like how did tickets work? We we had JJ on Jeremiah Johnson on earlier, and I, I was kind of curious. Like, you know, in no way could you have incorporated that into like even a, a potential season ticket package. <laughs> I, I can't see like all of a sudden the Pacers and the Bucks like, you know, having whatever five hundred thousand season ticket holders fly out for the game. It's just such late notice. So, uh, I have no idea why the game's starting at five o'clock. Like, you know talking with Eddie Garrison earlier, and he was like, well, you don't want to match up to Thursday night football. Well, put one at six and put one at 8.30. One of the games... You're going to have it. to. It's going to have to
1: anyway. It doesn't matter. Yes. Yeah. yeah.
2: So, you know, bump one to six or bump one to, I mean, hell, seven and 9.30, I mean, that's what we usually do, or eight and 10.30 is honestly what we usually do from an NBA standpoint. So, very confused about the, the timing. I've loved so much of what the in-season tournament has been, but... Um, I get Vegas is very appealing to a lot of players for a lot of reasons, but still, uh, environment wise, it's going to be quite the difference, I would think, from what Monday night was. All
1: right, you got KB and Andy coming up in the morning at 7 a.m. Kevin Bowen's on the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline. Yeah, make sure you keep old Redbeard in line over there, okay? <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, how, how's the new studio treating you? That's fine. Yeah, I'm just
1: kind of sitting here. Kurt's in here for James. James is down at his grape smugglers and, in the Florida Keys right now. So, yeah, just go. hanging out. No, not bad. Not bad at all. Yeah. So, all yeah. Good. All right, my brother. I appreciate mm-hmm. you. We'll uh, we'll talk at you again soon, Kev. Thank you. All right, John. Yep, no problem. Kevin Bowen on the Andy Moore Automotive Group Hotline. Eddie Gill, top of the hour. Josh Schertz, the head coach of Indiana State, 5 o'clock hour. I think we got stuff to give away, too. Have you looked that up? You got TSO. Kurt's going, man, stop putting all this stuff on my plate, dude. I just got in here five minutes ago. Quick break. We'll come back. 935 the fan. Jalen Smith, evidently doing better, uh, will not be available tomorrow or Saturday, according to uh, Rick Carlisle. Of course, the Pacers in Vegas. We'll get to that conversation right now. Josh Schertz, Indiana State, seven straight. Winners last night in DeKalb, Illinois, or Northern Illinois. I think they get Southern Indiana next. Southern Indiana, these Screaming Eagles beat them a year ago. But I'm very happy for my Sycamores and the job they've done so far. Their head coach, Josh Schertz, joins us coming up in the uh, 5 o'clock hour. Tomorrow, A.J.'s Northeast side off of Fall Creek Road. That's a Larcity Bourbon Locks and Luna Zool Tequila Shots Thursday. Remember, half the show, 4.30 pregame begins with Mark Boyle and Eddie Gill and Pat Boylan from Vegas for that in-season tournament semifinal in Vegas for the Pacers against the Bucks. 4.30 is when we bail. But we'll hang out, so please join us. The samples will be flowing. You know what we do on Thursdays with our Larceny Bourbon Locks and Luna Azul tequila shots and Brent Halverson. Meantime, on the Andy Moore Automotive Group Hotline, he's a part of it out there right now. No, we're not ready yet? Sorry about that. Uh, What's that? No, we're not answering? No, he's not answering. Eddie Gill is not answering. So me and you will hang until we get Eddie Gill to answer. Eddie Gill coming up in a minute. And then coming up at the 5 o'clock hours, I mentioned, Josh Schertz will be here. Um, JMV, did Kevin mention Juju Brentz participated? Uh, he did not. I think maybe he misspoke on that. Uh, Juju Brents did not earlier today in practice. So maybe he misspoke. Hey, JMV, if you listened to IU on the radio last night, you knew how the game turned out five minutes before anyone else watching Peacock. I always do both, and there was a horrible lag on TV. Horrible lag. (laughs) Yeah, I did. I I listened to it, and uh, as I mentioned, I'll have to join everybody else here relatively soon. Just not yet, but relatively soon. Uh, JMV, so you mentioned the Bengals and you'd rather see them lose than win on Monday night. I think they happen to be done right now. Anybody that believes that the backup that Joe Burrow is going to take this team anywhere in the AFC playoff picture is absolutely crazy. I See, whatever. Whatever you think about, but I'm just thinking about a motivated team that still brings many of the aspects that the Colts struggle with especially in that secondary. That's what concerns me, and if you watch them Monday night, Jake Browning was really good. Really good, and so was Jamar Chase, and T. Higgins has. They got Mixon in the backfield. So, yeah, that does, it concerns me. I would have much rather had seen the the Bengals lose on Monday night. Back to that conversation in a minute, but we found him in Vegas right now. I mean, you can't get Eddie Gill hanging out in Vegas before the game coming up tomorrow afternoon against the Bucks on the first ring when he's in Vegas. Eddie Gill's on yeah. the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline, man. You're up to some stuff right now, I know. I wouldn't expect to get you on yeah. the first ring.
4: No, no, no. I apologize for the delay. I'm sure you guys heard the call. Boyle, uh, is, you know, we're at, we're at craps tables, slot machines, where we're all, all the – all the things he mentioned. <laughs>
1: well, well, so, well. Far, wait a minute, and I, and I know you dudes are incredibly professional. What are you actually doing? Yeah. What are you actually doing?
4: Actually, actually, we just got back from practice, and uh, they hit, they got lunch here at the hotel for us. Ah, so so, so yeah, so that's that's, a, that's what we're actually doing. I wish I had a better story for
1: you. <laughs> <laughs> See, that's what that's what Vegas is. About. I haven't been in a while. I got married there at the Venetian back in in okay. two thousand. Actually. I got married I got married and we were on the flight back when the Pacers lost game 6 to the Lakers in the NBA Finals and the Oh uh, in the finals okay. yeah the pilot the pilot was keeping track of what was uh, was going on but we were coming back and uh, the Pacers lost in the NBA Finals to the Lakers on that particular day right now. But, no, yeah, you, you got to make up some stuff sometime when you go there. So I would expect a better yeah, story yeah. once you get back yeah. here. Okay, Eddie? <laughs> yeah, yeah,
4: call me uh, tomorrow. I'll work, on, I'll work on another
1: story. Yeah, I brought this up <laughs> a little bit earlier. I actually brought this up with uh, one of your colleagues, Jeremiah Johnson, yesterday. We saw mm. just an incredible, enthusiastic, energetic house on Monday. And I thought in a lot of ways that helped lift this Pacer team over the Celtics. I'm – concerned about just how how should I put this how sterile the environment will be tomorrow afternoon in Vegas for that game is that a concern of yours at all against the Bucks
4: yeah, yeah. I, uh, I don't know if concern is the word I'm out use I'm definitely interested in seeing um, I've been out here the last I don't know several years when when summer league is out here and it's definitely taken off in terms of uh, turnout Interest and 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 fan support, you know, and, and just the common fans come and they just flock to the summer league games. So I'm, I'm interested to see what it may look like, uh obviously in this inaugural uh, in season, you know, semifinal, uh, what the what the turnout may be and what and what the energy will be when, when ultimately you're you in a neutral site, and um you know, will you have fans just gravitating towards individual players, will they gravitate towards teams? uh I'm really interested in seeing what the energy's like.
1: Yeah, me too, and and, and maybe. Maybe I'm not giving enough credit to – you see a team that had been disappointed four times at home so far this year. I think we can all come to that conclusion. But it sure. looks so good in a couple of different aspects, Eddie, on Monday night in closing against an elite-level team and then doing it defensively in a fashion in which we haven't seen so far this year. Is there anything they can play off of in that capacity that we might see tomorrow afternoon against the Bucks?
4: Yeah, I think they they've they've shown sporadically uh that they have that in them. I thought that was maybe be one of their most uh consistent games when you talk about a span of four quarters of playing solid defense against a prolific uh scoring team. Obviously, they got the 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 great duo in Brown and Tatum. Um, you know, they surround those guys with three-point shooters, Drew Holiday is a terrific point guard, so being able to get that done against that team uh says says quite a bit um but also now there's an expectation that's lifted because if you're able to do it against that team the um you know the consensus is you should be able to do it um against other teams as well you really got your hands full obviously with with Achukombo and and Lillard and, w- and what they're able to do so it is, it doesn't get any easier uh but you you've shown what you're capable of and um one thing that has been consistent is their is their offensive firepower and you hope they're they're hitting those same shots come tomorrow
1: really everybody anybody can do anything with uh, antiocumpo what do you expect right. defensively the pacers to try to implement try to do against him he goes for 35 against the Knicks last night they put up 146 in that win over New York and Milwaukee last night but uh ideally what would you like to see the pacers try to do defensively against him
4: yeah I think your your, your first point is the, is the is the greatest of them all he, he's he's going to give everybody the business on it just about every night so, you know a guy like him arguably the best player in the game you just you just want to make it as difficult as possible. He cannot get ahead of steam and try to put him. He's got to see a crowd at all times uh, to, to try to discourage some of those drives. Um, what what that means though is now you're going to give up some some three point opportunities. And uh, as you saw what they did against the Knicks, they they really had it going from three point line as well. So um, ultimately uh, against that team, you you have to pick something that you, that you're going to by default give up. Uh, you're not necessarily willingly giving it up. You're, you're definitely going to try to close out the three-point shooters and make it difficult on them. Um, but he's such a handful. You just gonna have to put him in a crowd as much as possible. Otherwise, he's liable to foul. You know, one or two guys out of the game.
1: Yeah, and and see that was that was my concern because that was a yeah. concern when when and I know what they had to do with with Daniel Tice. He wanted it. And they didn't feel they had room but that was one of those games to where you are running out of big dudes and when he goes for 54, right? And that's one of those games you kind of hope uh, that you have somebody of the veteran presence as a a big. Is there a concern for you out of what happened last time he goes for 54 and everybody that was a big or the Pacer team seemingly was in foul trouble for that repeating itself tomorrow?
4: Well, I think the the, the Pacers have, have turned the page over here in the last probably week or two in terms of their – uh, their defensive schemes early on, and, including that game, they were really content with playing one-on-one basketball. And if a guy got it going, then he was just going to get it going. Um, and, and in that game, I don't think they brought help to 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 Giannis until maybe the fourth quarter. Um, I think he had 50 uh, through three quarters, maybe um, or close to it. So uh, here of late, you know, in against Miami, they they brought help early against Jimmy Butler. They brought help against Bam. Um, you know they brought help here against Tatum and Brown, so uh, I look to see them bring it, bring help to him early on than than what um, than what potentially you saw in that last yeah,
1: game. Yeah, it was almost like I can't. Was that was that the game where you said it in the fourth and it took a while for them to implement it? Yeah, I remember listening to you and Boyle, yeah. and uh-huh. you had said that really early, and it took them a while to implement that. And I thought it was almost going to be too yep. late. And that's not the first time you've done that. You've been right on yep. top of it in terms of how you wanted them to play defensively and get the ball out of you know the guy that's incredibly hot out of his hands right there. But it seems like they, it's almost like it's with yep. Rick. It's kicking and screaming to do that.
4: Yeah, I think early on, yes, because I think they, I think they like made a concerted effort, like to try to play solid one-on-one basketball, to try to keep their team, their defensively, try to stay out of scramble situations, giving up open three-point shots. And, and obviously that, that hadn't been working at a at a consistent enough level. Um, but I, I do believe, uh, you know, as I've been watching and in, in covering of the last handful of games, they've definitely made a much more concerted effort, especially if you know if it's a guy like Giannis. uh felt like Jimmy Butler in Miami when he was on the post. They were coming to him off of one dribble. Uh, I'd look to see them do a, a, a lot more of that um, tomorrow. And potentially even moving forward, they've had more success with it. And then, uh, you know, to your point about Tyson not being there, another big guy. I, I look to see probably Obi Toppin is going to get a ch- get a chance to see a little bit of him. Obviously, Miles has guard uh, had a, has had a, a, a lion's share of, of, of what Giannis has been able to do over the, the last handful of seasons, and um, we'll see if we see Isaiah Jackson. We've been playing this small lineup also the last couple of games with, with no Jalen Smith that, uh, available. Obi Toppin has playing quite a bit of four, so I'll be interested to see what what adjustments. Um, will be made or see a little bit more of the same of what we've seen over the last week or two.
1: He is Eddie Gill the Pacers Radio Network, live in Vegas on the Andy Moore Automotive Group Hotline. 4.30 pregame show tomorrow. He and Mark Boyle and Pat Boyle and get it started right here once again at 4.30 as they take on the Bucks. That tip time is at 5 o'clock. Um, what would they do different defensively that, that you felt helped gain control of that game, especially late? I, I thought Shaquille O'Neal mentioned on the TNT broadcast that you know late stops, you can score a lot and maybe not be great defensively, but if you mix in late stops – Uh, that can prove to be the difference in games you can get over even if you're not great defensively. And they did that. But was there anything else you saw defensively they did differently against – really, if you're talking about a tandem on any team in the NBA, you're not going to find two better than what you get with Brown and and Tatum. What did you see out of that defense that maybe we hadn't seen consistently whatsoever prior?
4: Well, I think two things. Um, I think Boston Celtics have had really – they they live on isolation basketball with with that as good as Tatum and Brown are um and in and in this particular case, I think it actually worked in the favor of the pacers because they were content with taking what what I view as bad shots, especially if they're not going in um contested two point fadeaways. and and I give Neesmith Smith and Bruce Brown a ton of credit because uh they are really good perimeter defenders and they just made it hard as hard as they can on those two guys. Um, you know, you throw Andrew Nembhard in there as, as also their, one of the best uh, perimeter defenders in terms of just one-on-one defense. So they didn't do a whole lot of he- ball movement. Um, they were just content to just come down and go one-on-one. And, you know, that, to the Pacers' credit, they did a nice job of making them take those tough shots. And, um, you know, they were able to get those stops.
1: So Eddie Gill, who is with us, man. Smith, he was huge on Monday night, certainly. Um, can he be – a I'm gonna say a defensive stopper because nobody's gonna stop anybody, but can he be somebody you can lean on to get you at least some defensive stops and maybe be the best defensive player on this team? Because there were moments in that game on Monday he looked like that. And then when he gives you some offense, that's even more because you know you're gonna get the energy on both ends.
4: Yeah, I think he's definitely that guy. Um and and you know, he can guard one through four because of because of the size, and especially with modern day basketball these Fours. these four men aren't, aren't you know, back-in-the-day fours. Uh, and shoot, we saw him play uh, goal and guard Joel Embiid for half a quarter in Philly. So, yeah. so yeah. we we saw him battle with him. So he's definitely that that type of guy. And then in, in this this game against the Celtics, I believe he had 10 points in the fourth quarter. So he's more than capable offensively. He's not just a, a defensive, you know, well, he is a defensive-minded guy, but he's not only a defensive guy. he's He's done really well. He's shooting the three-ball extremely well. He drives out of that corner well so he's doing a lot of damage offensively as well um uh, he definitely can be your, your stopper if it's just playing one-on-one defense
1: all right i'm curious your thoughts on this uh, first time out in that win we, we didn't see damian lillard um we saw damian lillard last night and he fits the mold there like you thought he would when he ended up in milwaukee what type of challenge is he going to pre- present tomorrow afternoon to this Pacers team and their defense
4: yeah, significant one. If he if he's got the three ball going the way he, the way he's playing, capable of and, and has where he's shooting it from from thirty thirty five feet away, that's a lot of space to cover. Uh, the one other concern that you have with him, along with Giannis, is they will put you in foul trouble pretty quickly. They put they get their team in the bonus, and if, if he gets there, he's shooting ninety percent or better from the line, so he's going to get there and make them. So you start thinking about you know late game tight game situation. He's a, a significant challenge there. Um, you just gotta guard him all over the floor as soon as he crosses half court. So that just increases the space for their three point shooters. They got Brooke Lopez out there seven one, seven two. He's shooting it from the hash mark. So there's just a lot of space to cover when when you're dealing with this team. Um if anybody except for Giannis has the basketball, um, you know, if he has it, you, you gotta you try to pack the paint, but you still gotta close out to those perimeter shooters. So um they're still trying to figure out, you know, how those guys play together, how to you know, jive with Chris Middleton as well. Yeah. Um, he's an All-Star caliber player, you know, a couple seasons ago, and um, but I think that I think they're finding a way. You know, there's a lot of about you know their struggle, this, that, and the other, but I'm if I'm pretty sure they're like 16 and five, so they're not doing too bad. But
1: I keep thinking this. I keep thinking at some point they're they're going to come to the realization that they may have been better off with Holiday over Lillard. Yeah. I don't know when that they time did. is going to be, but I'm I'm just I'm guessing that's coming.
4: There's an argument for that. Yeah. Um, I don't know how, uh, but there's also you know you, you talk about how good Damian Lillard is offensively. There's you know, it's argument to say that they're slightly better, uh, but defensively they 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 definitely took a step backwards. Um, and, and and honestly, when when Giannis and, and Chris Middleton were were if they didn't play on a given night and Drew was out there, you would easily see him go and put thirty and ten on the board. So he was <laughs> he's a guy who's plenty capable offensively. He just took a step backwards or take a take a step back you know, in terms of his own personal offense and, and, and uh, productivity to let those other guys get off. But um, defensively, they definitely took a step back, and when you start talking about playoffs and championship aspirations, you know, that's where it really started making a difference.
1: Here's Eddie Gill. He's got the radio broadcast with Mark and Pat coming up tomorrow. Again, that pregame show is at 430. I'm assuming that you have thoroughly enjoyed this end-season tournament as the Pacers and the fan base has?
4: Oh, absolutely! Yeah, totally. Coming into it, there was some uncertainty. A lot like you know when they implemented the whole play-in scenarios at, at the end of the season, was some uncertainty there. That that's proved to be um, an added bonus, especially from a fan perspective. Um, and I think this this has the same type of feel for for games that have a heightened sense of urgency early on in the season. So I would say. Um, you know, mission accomplished if you're you're the NBA and and, and Adam Silver.
1: Yeah, and uh, Tyrese Halliburton, shine brightly. I I thought really it was an introduction, a reintroduction, if you will, to this franchise to a lot of those nationally that cover the NBA and a lot of those NBA fans that probably haven't seen anything about what was going on here in a number of years were reintroduced to that. I thought in a good way for the Pacers on Monday night.
4: Yeah, for sure. And and he's... uh, he had a hell of a November, um, and he's kept that going here early on in December. So he himself personally was getting some national recognition. And, and with that, you know, people started looking at the team and, and how they play and, and the, their, the ability to score. So it's great to see the entire franchise get some, some national love here lately.
1: All right, 4.30 tomorrow. What is that, um, One thirty in the afternoon? Is that what time you guys hit the air out there on 2 o'clock is the tip in Vegas?
4: That sounds right. Yeah, yeah, that sounds right. Yeah. I'm sure I'll be there. I'm, I'm trying to work on my story for you. That's what I'm really. No, concerned.
1: I will. I mean, just say, hey, man. I, I can't. Just come drag assing in later on tonight, right? Couple hours of sleep yeah. out there. I know you. Right. You probably you know brought your best suits out there. a Little bow tie action, right? Sitting at the blackjack table or something like that. I, I want to see you in a picture with Boyle, like, like uh, coming down the escalator like Rain Man. You know what I mean? A rain know, man, right there. Yeah, you guys yeah. aside, a little video.
4: I'll see if we can get a little uh, little hangover scene, or a mattress on top of <laughs> on, the, on the top of the, the Waldorf or something.
1: are <laughs> oh, you guys? Where are you guys staying? Yeah, at the, at the Waldorf. Ah, all right. Yeah. It doesn't. It doesn't suck. No, 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 no. It's it, it's cool. So it, it is. Too. No, I I think it's been fun, and I it's been. This has been a really really good thing for this Pacer team, this Pacer franchise. And honestly, they have a level of expectations in my book right now, Eddie, that I didn't know at the beginning of last year that we were going to be close to at this point. That's a good thing.
4: Oh, it's a beautiful thing. Yeah, it's a beautiful thing to have those expectations, jump and responsibility, and you know these young guys are, are answering the call.
1: You got it, Eddie. I appreciate that. Obviously, we'll be listing tomorrow. 4.30, you guys are underway. I appreciate you. Sounds good. Have a good one. Thank you. It's uh, Eddie Gill right there on the Andy Moore Automotive Group Highline. The Waldorf. I don't think I've ever stayed there. You know, I go, I have not been to Vegas now in 23 years. But I was there over a period of time. I was there three different times. I think over a period of seven years. I know people go a lot more than that right now, too. My first introduction out there, this is a true story regarding Las Vegas. Anybody have a story about the first time you stayed in Vegas? The first time I stayed in Vegas, and I don't know what it is now, but it was across the street from the Excalibur, and it was a Holiday Inn that had an old rickety metal roller coaster right next to it. And it was a part of it. It was a, it was a Holiday end. You could tell that thing, that thing was there in the original Vegas. It was there. But that was my first introduction. That was 1993. In 1993, I went to a bar at the time, and remember when the late Jerry Tarkanian was the head coach out for UNLV? Uh, they called the Thomas and Max Center the shark tank and, you know, talk to shark and all that, there was a, a bar, a nightclub out there called the shark tank. And I went to the shark tank and stayed in a holiday inn with a metal rickety roller coaster right next to it. And that was my first introduction to Las Vegas. And since I have stayed in the MGM, I have stayed in the stardust I have stayed in the Venetian, and I have stayed in Caesars. So, yeah, I think that's right. I think when I got married out there, we took like 25 of my friends, and then my wife took 25 of her friends, and we all went in separate directions. Uh, We went to uh, Cheetah's. I don't know if Cheetah's are still big out there right now, but I have incredible memories of Cheetah's, I do. I They had the Spearmint Rhino back then, too. But the girls all went, and like dudes were doing the B-52s for them, right? Dudes were doing the B-52s at a place called Olympic Gardens. I don't know if that still exists, either. Olympic Gardens, where upstairs was for the ladies with the dudes doing the B-52s, and downstairs was the dudes. And that was a little too close for comfort right there. It was weird. But, yeah. Cheetahs, I believe Peaches was on the main stage when I was at Cheetahs, Gert. Peaches, Peaches, (laughs) Peaches had some skill. What was great about it, and I'm assuming they still do this too, um, because Peaches told me, I believe Peaches, Peaches said (laughs) that she flew in from Los Angeles because there was something going on that weekend and she knew that she was going to make a buttload of money. Direct quote from Peaches. Cheetahs. But that's going way back. Right? I haven't been for 23 years, but there was a point in time from basically 1993 until 2000 when I was there a ton at a couple of different bachelor parties. One time we rented a Jeep. We got out there early, rented a Jeep, and drove to Los Angeles through the desert, which was awesome. Drove there and back. So I have really good memories, but I don't have too much uh Intel on what has been going out there, on out there for a while. I got married at the Venetian too, like with everybody watching. They had a picture. There's a a picture of me and my my guys, and we're all like drinking out of a, <laughs> a bottle of whiskey, literally right before I walk. It was it was classy, Freddie Blassie, right there, everybody. I loved it. I would do it. I would do it that way all over again. There was never going to be a church wedding for me. Never going to be an outdoor wedding. I wanted to go to Vegas, and I wanted to bring the friends in and have one hellaciously awesome weekend party. That's exactly what we did. Good times. Always something different every time, but good times nonetheless. 4.30 tomorrow is that pregame show. We're going to be at AJ's up on the northeast side. That's, uh, I think, next to the Kroger location off of Fall Creek. So, Larceny Bourbon Locks, Lunos Dual Tequila Shots, week number 14. Me, Brent Halverson, will be there for you. Do our picks in the 4 o'clock hour. Mike Chappell's going to join us tomorrow, too, and then we'll get you set. We'll hand it off to and Company for the pregame show and the Pacers tip at 5 o'clock here coming up tomorrow. Now, I I don't really get the reason, but it's cool. As long as they play well. If they get blown out, that's not going to be cool whatsoever, and I'm going to have to rip them on Friday. Can't take 90 minutes and then get blown out. A hey, quick break. If you want to jump on board at 239 1070, that would be absolutely outstanding. Josh Schurz is the head coach of Indiana State, and he's going to talk about some things that have been really common in our conversations here recently the transfer portal and NIL. And how they're doing with that at Indiana State. And the Sycamores have won seven consecutive with a win last night over northern Illinois. Josh Shirts will join us coming up in the 5 o'clock hour. We do have Trans-Siberian Orchestra tickets. We'll do that coming up in the 5 o'clock hour as well. Kurt is in for James. I'm John. A Wednesday in an all-new studio. You guys can check it out if you like inside the lounge via YouTube Live. It's 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan. Royce Cheatham chimes in, JMV. The Pacers got a double team. Giannis on and off the entire game. Don't wait until the fourth. I I would agree, but Royce, when I was talking to Eddie Gill a little bit earlier, you guys remember when I brought that up. I remember listening to that matchup the first time, and Eddie was talking about it, Actually, there's two different times. There was the there was the uh, Giannis game, and then there was the Jeremy Grant game. Now, the Jeremy Grant game of the Blazers on a Monday night, that disappointing loss a couple of weeks ago, where Jeremy Grant was just going crazy in the fourth. And Eddie kept saying, much like he did in that earlier meeting the Pacers had and won with the Bucs, at some point you're going to have to try to get the ball send a double team and get the ball out of his hand and let somebody, anybody else, beat you. But it was, like I mentioned to him, it was like kicking and screaming for Rick Carlisle to do it. And I know that, Royce, it's easier said than done. And I know that I sound like I'm trying to simplify it right now, and I'm not, but you have just seen the groundwork with this team and his defense that when somebody individually gets going – And maybe somebody else is going to end up beating you. Maybe you leave somebody else wide open. You know, maybe it's Middleton. You know, maybe Harry Neck is wide open. You know who Harry Neck is? I'm going to tell you what, Brooke Lopez has the hairiest neck in the NBA. And because I said that, he'll probably go off against Miles tomorrow afternoon. But my man, man is the hairiest neck in the NBA. And I bet you guys didn't know that his brother played on that team last night unless you were watching late in the game and you saw Robin Lopez go in the game. So you know, what I'm saying is somebody else may end up beating you out of it, but it just seems like that this, I think Royce, will take more of an implanta- uh, implementation of of not just reacting, but it is planning for because you know what you're going to get, if that makes sense. Like Everything else has been reactive. And as I mentioned, it's not like they really want to do it. And and as Eddie mentioned, it's because they just haven't done it well or haven't done it enough. But you just can't leave yourself that vulnerable. We'll see what the Pacers look like coming up tomorrow afternoon. Royce, thank you for that. Josh writes this. How do you always have so much to talk about? Well, it's good because we do sports, and we do sports around here, and there's just a lot to talk about. There was IU winning last night. You know, the pace is coming up tomorrow afternoon, the Colts, and it is so much better. People think, oh, you thrive in the negativity. You just want to be there to stir something up. That helps your ratings. Uh-uh. What helps my ratings is when you guys are all happy about everything. You're not pissy about anything. When your favorite team is winning games and you can get on social media and talk junk to everybody that has talked junk to you over the last handful of years. That's That is when we see – A ratings push here. Negativity only goes so far. I mean, think about that for a moment, too. Like, I I start the seventh hour of local programming here. And I start, and then I immediately start griping about stuff. You go, oh, man. But it's endless. With the positivity with your favorite team, it's endless. And that is what stirs it up for you. You want to hear the truth, and we're going to give you the truth and you want to hear it you want to hear our opinions on it certainly if it's negative then rightly so but you do have a shelf life on the complaining so i guess josh that is just part of being around here for 19 or so years and doing this that's certainly what i have noticed now it's different like we're down on four now so you got uh, ibc the news station across the hall here you can just, you know, shake your fist at, at anything as long as you're coming from one particular angle. and Everybody's going to go, ah, yeah, because, you know, that's what you're going to get. And for us, it's just different. But it has always been the case that you embrace the winning aspect of it. And that's what really gets you fired up. And that's what really helps us hey jmv can we hear a little those were the days moving on up good times today rip norman lear the creator of so many especially my generation generation x the creator of so many incredible television programs all in the family the jeffersons maud good times one day at a time which if you remember It was fictitiously based out of Indianapolis beginning in 1975. I think it ran for, what, nine or ten seasons, 75 to 84 or 85, something like that. Uh, But, no, so many, and I'm leaving some out right here. Uh, He was an absolute genius and a lot of what you enjoyed. And you kind of wonder about the content that he put together back then, how much of that – Would fly today. (laughs) It is amazing. I think he was 101 years old, but he was one of the superstars in any generation of television. In any generation. Norman Lear. So, yes, Jim McCann, that is a hell of an idea right there. There, no doubt. One of the guys. Uh, JMV, I think the Colts need to be racehorses and have blinders on. They don't need to look behind. Only the teams ahead. And that's fine. I'm just saying you got what we have eyeballed, certainly an easier path schedule-wise. And I want it to be as easy as possible. I, I just wanted Cincinnati to feel like they were done more than they do now. Re-energized is what I would call them right now, and re-energized is what you do not want. It's from Joe. So I remember hustling home after school to watch Valerie Bertinelli on One Day at a Time. We all did that. Yeah, it, was, it was a stark contrast, too, because you embraced Valerie Bertinelli, and then you kind of looked at Mackenzie Phillips and thought, what the hell's happening here? <laughs> I mean, contradictory, but yes, I was right there with you. got yeah, Jonathan, good to go at two three nine ten seventy. Jonathan, welcome to the show. How are you?
5: Hello. Hello, Jonathan. Go ahead. Oh, Okay, sorry, it was dead silent there. Um, I yeah, hey, well, to me, hey,
1: I, I tell you what, you brought up a good point. And until <laughs> further, no, until further notice, when you call into the show. And if you've called in here before and you've got a kind of a normal routine of things that you hear when I bring you on, until further notice, you're not going to hear what you normally hear, but that that you're still there is what I'm trying to tell you, Jonathan. So you or anybody else that calls in, if it sounds weird, it's just because we're in a new studio and they're still putting things together. That will be rectified, just not today, but you're still live, local, and late-breaking as you want to be, Okay. Oh, that's cool. I yep. need a
5: fresh pair of shorts, but that's awesome. Enjoy well, the new studio. <laughs> uh, well, you just, I'm
1: assuming you have some clean ones, so go ahead. Yes.
5: <laughs> yeah. um, with uh, without Jonathan Taylor and being in the red zone, I don't know if it was just the product of Tennessee being really stingy in the red zone, but do you think that they need to Steichen needs to save some of those trick plays for getting into the end zone from, from here going on?
1: Um. I, listen, this is Shane Steichen. I don't know if he's saving anything. I mean, mm-hmm. other than, I guess, the Zaire Franklin plays. We talked to Zaire last week about, you know, him being on offense in one play, and I'm joking about that. That's not the case. But I, I don't think that dude's saving anything. I think he's oh, okay. I think he's a possibility of throwing anything out there at any point in time, um, whether it ends up mm-hmm. working or not in this case. So, yeah.
5: Yeah, well, I think I'd rather see Granson on a jet sweep on a third and goal than a fourth and one, <laughs> at least from now on. Uh, But uh, it's interesting how the Colts elevated two wide receivers to the roster and suddenly Pierce played great in week 13. He sounded like a really nice guy, um, you know, in the interview and stuff. I just noticed that maybe the added pressure and competition made him focus or – or get open, or maybe Minshew just started seeing him and needing him more the other day. But anyway, it's, well, it's
1: I I think you bring up a good point. I don't think it had anything to do about those behind him on the roster. I think it did have to do with Gardner Minshew finally seeing him. And they I do. Got I just I, a and just that yeah. A well, twice. and that's that's where that's Michael Pittman Jr. said this yesterday. I said so. You know, it looks like that we saw you know a, a breakout game. What do you think about Alec Pierce on Sunday? And he said, well. You know, nothing against anybody, but I just I, I think that he has been out there and been open, but we've just been unable to get him the ball under those circumstances. So that's what he mentioned yesterday. Yeah. And I, I think it's more of that than it has been anything else.
5: Yeah, yeah, I trust he'll fight for it if he gets his chances and he he'll probably get more opportunities uh going forward, just just as long as Minshew doesn't see him wide open for a touchdown and throw <laughs> it to the cheerleaders, that'll be great.
1: Jonathan, thank you very much for the call, my friend. I appreciate that. It's weird. So normally I, I'm the one that controls the calls over here too, and I'm not doing that. And that's weird. I don't know. Kurt, you notice I, I when I come in here, I normally control everything. Like some hosts – Like Eddie will control everything over there. I control everything I do. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna get it fixed. Might be able to pull up the uh, VX producer on your screen, (laughs) maybe, so you can at least see the names instead of me writing it on a piece of paper. Like it's this is old school right here. (laughs) Piece of paper writing. Uh, Daryl's up next at two three nine ten seventy. Hello, Daryl. Daryl, are you there? Hey, Jen. How you doing, buddy? Uh, again, we're going to have a little bit of a pause until further notice, so don't let that scare you away. Daryl, do you have information on Olympic Gardens? Uh, well, as we call it back
3: in the day, the OG
1: mm-hmm. Yes, is
3: no, long, is no longer open in Vegas. It's permanently closed.
1: Permanently closed in 2000. 2000- we spent a little bit of time on the ground floor, which was for the dudes, and the women all went up to the second floor with dudes B fifty two and all around buzzing all around like Nick the you know what in bachelor party. Yep. Yeah,
3: I, I hung out with Dennis Rodman at OGS on a Saturday afternoon.
1: I I would that would be all right, but I got to hang out with Peaches at Cheetahs on a Saturday. That's pretty fun too. That was enjoyable. Those are good memories. See, we all have – I think we all, to a degree, have really good Vegas memories. Mine, I just don't have any basically in the past 23 years. I think I need to re-involve myself in Vegas here relatively soon.
3: One of the best ones that I have is we're watching this during the strike-shortened season of the NHL, watching the hockey of Red Wings in Colorado, Game 7, at uh, O'Hare Sportsbook. And who comes up and asks if he can sit down with us is Bill Walton.
1: Nice. And he
3: sat down and watched the whole game with us. He (laughs) said he was a big (laughs) hockey fan.
1: That's awesome. Awesome. Daryl, I hope I see you out here in the next couple of days, man. Thanks for the call. All right, brother. That's my man Daryl right there. Yeah, Vegas, not for 23 years. But, man, there was a spurt in time, and I was there all the time. That was back. You guys remember anybody ever jump on America West and basically, I mean it was and I'm sure it's the same way now. But America it was America West out there. Sometimes you had to go through Phoenix, which was their home base. But America West in Vegas. I can't remember. I think it was just a Holiday Inn. I think I stayed in Vegas at the Vegas Holiday Inn, which I can tell you this, the Vegas Holiday Inn in 1993 if you were to double back and go back to 1972, that was the place to stay. I'm sure that that was a crowning achievement. But after the, the era of the uh, the Rat Pack, it probably wasn't the same as others gained ground. Hell of a time, though. Quick break and we shall return. Yeah, the whole blinders on thing didn't go over really well from a Twitter follower. We'll do that. And Josh Schertz is the head coach of Indiana State. Seven consecutive wins. Josh joins us. Proud Sycamore right here. Going to give these Sycamores some love coming up in the 5 o'clock hour. And I'll tell you what, 10 minutes away, we'll give away those tickets to the Trans-Siberian Orchestra. The 26th of December down at Gambridge Fieldhouse. Your chance to win is coming up in the next 10 minutes provided, I remember. 93.5 and one zero seven five. the Fan. All right, so I struggled. I did because I snored and I snored all the time. You've heard this story before, and I'm glad you've heard it because I know a lot of you deal with similar circumstances here. Or, you know, maybe you live with somebody that deals with it. And if you live with somebody that snores, that will keep you up and keep the family up. So I did something about it, and so can you. That's stopyoursnorenow.com, Aurora Sleep Clinic. It's a simple, affordable, and comfortable mouthpiece. You wear it at night. And it eliminates your snoring, and believe me, from somebody that has tried everything. I mean, they had me and devices that made me look like Darth Vader, and then they had me do sleep studies, and this was back in the day in the old St. Francis Hospital in Beach Grove. They had me do something. It was like a Clockwork uh, clockwork orange scene. So I've tried everything I have, and then finally this works. So I'm getting what I need is rest right now, and you or the somebody in your life can as well. So log on and get your appointment set up today. That's StopYourSnoreNow.com, Aurora Sleep Clinic. Stop Your Snoring or somebody that you love and they're snoring and great rest is on the way. Get that private consultation today, StopYourSnoreNow.com. Hey, Kurt, look this up. Or somebody can tell me really quick if you're in front of your computer. Is Dave Lapham still on the Bengals Radio Network? Dave Lapham? This he Kurt. Dave Lapham? Uh, Google's telling me he is still part of that, uh, the Bengals Radio Network. Call... Dave Lapham. Get Dave Lapham on the show on Friday if you can. I'll get on. I have long since, and I know we're all on the same page with this, long since been a big fan of Dave Lapham. And normally we would have him on at various times, even without a matchup with the Colts and the Bengals, but we have not here recently. Dave Lapham sounds really good. No, he's been a big fan of Dave Lapham right there. So give that a try. Hey, IU 78-75, now 2-0 in the Big Ten to start the season. That was in Michigan, Ann Arbor, Michigan, last night. 78-75 was the final. The little Ware had 13. Malik Renew 15 in that win for the Hoosiers. And um, it was a sloppy game, but it is a W, and that is all that matters right there. You know, I mentioned this before the break. Nick says, whoever said put blinders on is a crank. This Colts team needs to play like they're the eighth seed, and every team they play is the seventh. I'm telling you, you you better look at people in front of you and people behind you. This is the type of season, the type of December that things are playing out in this fashion in which what you're talking about or thinking about right now may not be the case as an end result. Back to that coming up in a minute. The head coach of Indiana State, he is a friend of this show. Sycamore, seven consecutive wins. A winner last night at Northern Illinois, Josh Schertz. A variety of things we talk about with the Sycamore head coach. Bat signal out to all you former Sycamores. The basketball head coach, Josh Schertz, joins us. And by the way, number nine at 239-1070 right now, Trans-Siberian Orchestra, the 26th of December at Gamebridge Fieldhouse. Number nine at 239-1070. You're going to get a pair of tickets to enjoy the holiday season on us. Number 9, 239-1070 on 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan. Josh shirts coming up in a couple of minutes, the head coach of Indiana State. I just got this. JMV at 107.5 The Fan.com. JMV, I know it's a great time of year, and I'm so glad it's back. You and the great folks from Pajamagram. Exactly. Pajamagram is back. And me and... Me telling you about Pajamagram in Smooth Seduction Satin Gift Set. It is back. Now, remember a year ago? A year ago, it was naturally nude pajamas, which is also pretty awesome. Smooth Seduction Satin Gift Set. Now, I don't know about anybody else, but I was talking that up in the break. I was thinking about that satin eye mask a little bit right there. I was going kind to of wonder what was happening there. So, yes, thank you very much, Jim. It is back. Pajama Graham is back once again. Hey, tomorrow's show, and again, tomorrow's show because of the Pacers as they get things underway, pregame show-wise at 4.30. Uh, We will go from 3 until 4.30. AJ's on the Larceny Bourbon Locks and Luna Azul tequila shots Thursday. Week 14, me and Brent Halverson. So we will have to move some stuff around. Mike Chappell, as he normally joins us, will join us tomorrow. And then we'll do our Larceny Bourbon Locks and Lunasville Tequila Shots tomorrow at 4. Bail at 4.30. Although I will hang, we can hang together. The samples will be flowing. I've heard great things about the food at AJ's. I just want to see everybody on the northeast side join us tomorrow. And, I mean, hell, we'll watch the Pacers and the Bucks together. So that is tomorrow. Larceny Bourbon Locks, Lunasville Tequila Shots. That is a four. Thirty Start time for the Pacer pregame show. So I go from 3 until 4.30 tomorrow. AJ's on the northeast side off of Fall Creek Road. Larceny bourbon locks, Luna Azul tequila shots. Friday, coaches downtown, Bud Light Blue Friday. I will have Steelers Colts tickets for you coming up tomorrow. Check that Friday. Steelers Colts tickets for you downtown at coaches on a Bud Light Blue Friday. All right. More to come, too. Meantime, on the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline, my Sycamores, winners of seven consecutive, off to a fantastic start right now. 2-0 and o in the Mo Valley coming off a win over Northern Illinois last night. Their head coach is... Josh Schertz, the head coach of Indiana State. My Sycamore friends out there, a little bit of love. For our alma mater right there. Playing really well so far this year, too. Josh Shirts Podcast, 107.5, thefan.com. Inside the Lounge via YouTube Live. And again, if you've noticed, the background is different. That's because the studio is different. Uh, We, for basically forever... At least since I've been here, we have been housed up on number six. We are on number four right now, and uh, you can check that out. It's still the same chiseled features and fantastic, handsome looks that you normally see with me between three and six, but a different background inside the lounge via YouTube Live. Busy show today. I mentioned Josh Scherz of Indiana State. Eddie Gill, who's out in Vegas on the Pacers Radio Network again, four thirty tomorrow is when they take over from me and you'll get that in-season tournament semifinal with the Bucks and the Pacers. Five o'clock is that tip time. From the uh, T-Mobile Arena, I believe that it is, in Las Vegas, Nevada, coming up tomorrow afternoon. Eddie Gill, podcast 107.5, thefan.com, and Kevin Bowen of the Morning Show, The Wake Up Call with KB and Andy. We talked about a variety of things, including Al-Kadeen Muhammad and his uh, PED suspension. A lot of you were saying, I didn't know he still was on the roster. I think he's been on and off, but uh, right now, he's off. And that news broke a little bit earlier today. Actually, just at the start of the 3 o'clock hour, going back earlier this afternoon. Meantime, 239-1070 is that number. Pacers in Vegas coming up tomorrow. We've talked a little bit about Vegas, and Rob joins us now. Rob, welcome to the show. How are you? Hello, Rob. How are you? I'm doing good. Go
3: ahead. Yeah, so... uh... Uh, my mom took us kids to Vegas in 1969. I was 12 years old. Right on. We stayed, with, stayed with some family friends that lived there. And, of course, we're 12, so we can't get in casinos. But we went to Circus Circus and that stuff that kids can do, the dam and all that. Yep. But the, the highlight of the trip was when our host, the Pagadises, which he was a big wig with the real estate out there, maybe who knows, mafia, whatever. But uh, they took us to the Riviera. He hands the doorman 20 bucks and gets us to the head of the line, our whole group, about eight of us, to see Engelbert
1: Humperdinck. <laughs> is that, uh, help me if is that alone again naturally?
3: Uh, gosh, I I don't know. I I I knew some of the songs at one time, but now you're putting me on the spot. I um, I apologize. So. Tom, Tom Jones, like, but I still have the menu from that night with him. No, uh, that's Gilbert O'Sullivan
1: is alone again. Naturally, I apologize. It is not oh, yeah, Engelbert. Hurt yeah. yeah, Gilbert O'Sullivan. Yeah. Who's I'm thinking of? Cool. Yeah,
3: I still have that menu from that night with his picture on the menu, and that's awesome. the most. Expensive thing on the menu was uh, steak and lobster for eleven ninety five. So there you go. That's Vegas, well, see,
1: I remember even the first time I went out there. One of the big draws would be the buffets that you had, which were ample and everywhere. I mean, you had steak buffets and all that, and it would be like five dollars. And yeah, it it is no longer that. It is certainly much more of a Kings Island style amusement park than it was. Certainly yeah. going all the way back. I mean, when you were doing it, it was what? Probably 75% mafia operated. If you've ever seen the film Casino, so that, yeah. that documents that. But when you went, it was, yeah, I don't know if it was like that, but I know the first time I went out there, everybody talked about, hey, you don't have to really spend any money whatsoever on food because you can have $5 buffets all day.
3: Exactly, especially if you were betting. But, uh, you know, at 12 years old, it was all cool to us. So I, I have plenty of other Las Vegas
1: stories, but I don't think I can repeat them on the radio. <laughs> yes, no doubt. Hey, Rob, I appreciate your call. Call any time. All right, thank you, JMV. Pacers in Vegas coming up tomorrow. Naptown Seth writes this. So I was driving to the airport, headed to Vegas, listening to JMV talk about Las Vegas. Helped switch my mood from frantic work day to Pacers turning mode. Memories just this year. Summer League, first ever, stayed in a hotel, was that? U2, the Spear. Wow, I'm telling you, Naptown Seth, there is plenty to do out there. I'm hopefully – I knew that Naptown Seth would be making that appearance. Hopefully more Pacer fans will be there. That's my major concern. I know a lot of you saw Nick Fridell yesterday who had mentioned the NBA crossing their fingers that the Knicks get in and the Lakers get in because nobody cares about the Pacers and the Bucks, And then went on to say, well, nobody was certainly going to go to their games. I don't know who in the world would be going to this this first game, hopefully – They have piped some people in, hopefully. Because if you go back to Monday night, one of the big reasons why that the Pacers were able to do what they did against the Celtics, when you look at the background and that fan base, that was the most energetic, most excited crowd that we have seen for years. Certainly since the LeBron with the Cavaliers playoffs. There's no question about that. Yeah, and I would make the argument, if that was your criteria and that's what you wanted, you should have done these things on the home hardwood of the higher seed. Now, in this case, they would be in Milwaukee tomorrow. I mean, that's something you have to look out for. I, I know people out there coming up tomorrow night may go and you know check out LeBron James and the Lakers playing. But, you know, maybe they do the same with Giannis in the afternoon. I, I just don't know if you're looking for an atmosphere. The lone atmosphere that you've seen so far was that here in Indy on Monday. And a very distant second was Sacramento, and the Kings no longer a part of it. But if you've watched any of these other games, the atmosphere was in anywhere near how it was around here on Monday. So, I mean, hell, if you're looking for an atmosphere, you better hope to go someplace. I mean, this is not like a a neutral floor NCAA tournament type of deal. Uh, If you wanted that type of home hardwood energy, then you needed to do it on somebody's home hardwood. But again, there was no place that showed more energy and enjoyment. I thought Indy on Monday night, Showed itself to the NBA audience, to those that cover it nationally, to the fans that for a long time haven't paid, I'm talking about NBA fans, One ounce of attention to the Pacers. I thought that the Pacers, from organization to players, to the fans, to this city NBA-wise, did itself a great deal of service. That was a really good Monday night for everybody around here. I would really hate. I want that, that or at least participating in a championship to be the lasting memory. I would hate because it's always what have you done for me lately. I would hate to see this Pacer team get blown out by the Bucks with Giannis and Lillard tomorrow afternoon and that be a lasting memory of this because it has been worth much more. As we have seen so far, than just that, it goes well beyond me, you know. In ninety minutes, not doing the show, and you know, I'm just joking about that. But it is you know, in the category of I, I want, I want either Monday night or an in, in improbable first year in an in-season type of tournament atmosphere for you know the story to be the Pacers. I don't want. What we had witnessed on Monday night to be forgotten now by virtue of a really bad loss that a lot of people think are coming tomorrow to the Milwaukee Bucks. Again, easier said than done. I get it. But I certainly hope it's not going to be like that. Again, 4 o'clock coming up tomorrow. Larceny Bourbon Locks, Luna Azul tequila shots. Tomorrow until 4.30 at A.J.'s. We're at A.J.'s Bar and Grill off of Fall Creek on the northeast side. Hope to see you there. The free samples will be flowing this time tomorrow, I promise. Marcellus is at 239-1070. Marcellus, have you missed me on Saturday nights? Man,
6: you know it, brother. (laughs) You know it. Hey, But it's coming up, man. Okay, Christmas will be here and gone, and you'll be back on New Year's Eve. Let me tell
1: you, this is going to be the third week – uh, without a JMV takeover, so we're almost halfway home here, I think, aren't we?
6: Yeah, almost, man. Yeah, almost. Hey, but guess what? We're five and one away from Lucas Oil Stadium oh, by Johnny Ringo. <laughs> <laughs> Johnny,
1: Johnny Ringo did some things, and one of the things that he didn't do this past Sunday was turn the football. I know he he had, had strip sacked and all, but I mean, protecting yeah. the football is paramount.
6: Hey, He's doing it, man. He's yeah. doing it. Hey, look, look, uh, uh, I. I I think they should, if, if possible, consider re-signing him next year. I mean, especially if we don't know the condition of uh, our man uh, Richardson. You yeah, know, you got to
1: You got to bring him back. I think right now, don't you to. know you got to bring him back? Because what, what else are you going to find out there that knows right. everything and that is going to be be any better as a backup quarterback? You got to do that.
6: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm I'm hoping to bring him back, and uh, you know, hey you know hey he he's carrying the load man uh and uh that was one of the best signings on all season for for sure
1: yeah and um, yeah and with all with all, the, with all the ups and downs i got it you know
6: but hey you know that's the you guy. um
1: how surprised are you this team seven and five and is where it is right now
6: yeah i mean we what, what did we really expect we expect what, four games maybe this year i mean nobody was really uh, hype about this yeah. this season, but but you know I'm like you, JMV. Look, man, I, I want to win, man.
1: I, I I think we can build a team and ha- fun winning. I'm yes. tired of losing in this city, man. Yeah. I'm tired. Well, well hey, Tyree Saliburton hit it on the head after that disappointing loss last week, uh, and, and it was, hey, I want to win. I'm sick of losing. I've been a loser. I'm sick of being a loser. And that's how fans feel, and that's how the players should feel right now. So the situation doesn't matter. You worry about the future with Anthony Richardson when he is back next year. Then we'll figure that out. But live in the moment. When you can win in the moment, and especially Marcellus in terms of being a surprise like this, oftentimes it is so much better, the feeling that you get, than if you were the favorite to start the season in the first place.
6: Yeah, yeah, absolutely, man. And, uh, you know, the the schedule doesn't get any easier. I thought, I thought with uh, my man Burrow being out, uh, you know, but you know, let me say, you know, Browning looked pretty good Monday night. He did. I was like, w- where's this guy coming from? Well,
1: and you know what? He's this is going to be the best the skill position players, the best wide receivers, uh, you, you know, the rest, best running back, arguably, at least that combination that this team has seen. And we all know where the struggle is in that secondary. That's what concerns me on Sunday. That secondary, not so much Browning, but it's what these guys are able to do to help him out against the Colts secondary. That's troublesome.
6: Yeah. Now having said that, we do have uh, my man, <laughs> my <laughs> grow with chicken wings Stewart. He's right? back. You know, He's back. Uh, help to plug that hole, uh, and possibly make, having the Zaire being able to run roam free a little bit. And I think you know that may help our guys on the backside. You know, so we'll we'll see. You know, we'll see. But I think uh, I, I'm optimistic. But you know, hey, you know, we'll see. It can go anywhere in Cincinnati, man. Those guys are pretty good down there. You
1: got it. So, hey, Marcellus, I miss you. We'll be back uh, sooner uh, than you'll know. Right here, we're almost yeah, there.
6: Yeah. Yes, sir. Have a good one,
1: man. You Talk too. To. All three nine ten seven. if you want to jump on board before the end of the show. Brendan Soresby, in case you missed this earlier, did commit. He was in the transfer portal, the former IU quarterback. He will play, has committed to Cincinnati. Cincinnati for Brendan Soresby. In case you missed that earlier today. Quick break. We shall return tomorrow again on the road, Friday on the road. I'll explain once again. Remind you of all the reasons why you need to show up with us. Kurt's in studio for James. I'm JMV. We'll come back and close up shop here on a Wednesday edition of the show. Ninety-three-five-one-zero-seven-five. The Fan. Uh, thank you, Josh Church, the head coach of Indiana State. Eddie Gill of the Pacers' Radio Network. Kevin Bowen, morning show, the morning wake-up call with KB and Andy, podcast 107.5thefan.com. So Dustin DePurek of The Star had a short quote from Tyrese Halliburton a little bit earlier today. Halliburton was asked if the uh, in-season tournament championship warrants a banner. Quote, at this point in my career, I haven't won anything yet, so I'll definitely take a banner, but I'm sure LeBron wouldn't answer the same way. And, quote, he's absolutely right. And then some numbnut says, we already have to put up with the Colts banner memes. There's no way Indiana sports fans would survive this. I got news for you, all right? It doesn't matter. Uh, You guys are getting all bent out of shape out of memes. I mean, most of the nerds that are doing it are nerds that are from around here. And believe me, the Colts stuff is different. (laughs) I mean, you're talking about a guy that is on the verge of making a jump to the elite level in the NBA, wanting to take a team with him, wanting to win. You get an accomplishment that he's never had. Who cares? Why do you care about that so much? It's funny, man. There's so many dorks around here worry about stuff that is non winning. I don't get it. Non winning stuff in terms of that, or when you're talking about. Now, draft capital, you guys would rather, it seems at times, go through an endless reboot of conversation about salary cap space, about draft selections, draft leverage, draft capital, than you would about a team winning. That drives me nuts. That drives me much more nuts than worrying about memes of a banner for the NBA's first in season tournament. What's wrong with some of you nerds? Seriously. On the road tomorrow. Uh Bill's at two three nine ten seventy right now. Hello, Bill. Hey, John. Hello, Bill. Oh. Hey, John. I'm here for you, Bill. Sorry about that. We got a little bit of a delay uh-huh. here, but you're you're live local and late breaking with me, brother. Go ahead.
0: <laughs> oh, great. Well that's great. Hey, I know you know my son, John Herrick, real well. Um yes. and, uh, but I, I gotta tell you I was I about went off the road yesterday listened to uh Michael Pittman calling in and talking about his uh, his hunting stories, and I <laughs> try to get in yesterday because make it a little more timely for the people that listen. But my God, what a, what a talent and what a great guy to have in our he is. city, right?
1: He he is. You, he, know? He, you know what? And he was. It's funny because uh, somebody called and said, you know, you didn't. You, you spent about half the time talking about hunting. Oftentimes, that's what these guys want to do. They want to talk about non-football related stuff, and it loosens them up, and you get the real them. I mean, you got the real right. him yesterday. Right. And that's somebody, by the way, Bill, that you want around here. You want to right. extend absolutely. him and you want him around here. He's shown you that this year, certainly, but he's the type of personality. I mean, he gives you both ends of exactly what you want in a Colts player in the now and in the future.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I and I, I got me thinking, though, that, you know, really, since we lost the, the Super Bowl to New Orleans, we really haven't had in the city much, much, much celebrating going on, right? Right. I mean, the, right. Between the Pacers and the Colts, it's been pretty, pretty dull. And I, my God, I mean, anybody that watched that game Monday night, I mean, I, you know, just watching it, you could hear how loud the crowd was. I mean, it, it's so cool to have so much excitement back in this city both, with both sports again, and and the class people that we got, you know, in these, you know, in these, in these players. I mean, it's just speaks volumes, right? So and I think, I, I, I think about I it this,
1: I think that so many people are, are, you have a schlep rock attitude around here where it, it has been so long since you had any consistent winning. I think a lot of people either A, have forgotten about it or are too young to even have lived through it in the first place. And we need right. more than that because there is more times than not a very defeatist attitude around here.
0: Absolutely. And to your point, you know, Tyrese may, it may be gone in a few years. Who knows how the NBA works? But you know, I mean, we gotta live for the moment, right? And my God, this guy is a class guy. If he yes. doesn't win the, you know, win the NBA Player of the Year award, I don't know who's gonna beat him. But, but you know, my God, we gotta enjoy this for for as long as it lasts. And and uh, that's really all I wanted to say. Yep.
1: Just hey, Bill, tell John, here. tell John hello. Okay. I will do it. Thank, Thank you, Bill. Take right care. there. Great job out of you today, Kurt. We'll do it again tomorrow, three until four thirty. I want to see you at AJ's. We're gonna celebrate before, during, and then we'll watch the Pacers and the Bucks from A.J.'s Northeast Side, Larceny Bourbon Locks, Lunazul Tequila Shots. Short show tomorrow, but it is going to be enthusiastically awesome beginning at 3, coming up tomorrow. Thanks to our guests and everybody involved today. Back with you tomorrow at A.J.'s, 93.5, 5 the fan. Have a great night.